Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay. Come through, queen. I wanna see ya. Come through, queen. Hi everyone, it's Brendan and Evan, and this is Come Through Queen. Does this work? I'm really glad I got them because yeah, they were kind of pricey, but then they were half off. What's the buckle? It's um, Versace. Oh my God! Can someone open the door? Oh my and... God! Dorit's gonna kill. Dorit's gonna kill. Dorit's gonna rip these yeah. off my feet. <laughs> no! Can someone open the door? Is that not opening? It opened for me. Open. Do I have to open the door? Kaposh heart. It's just a door, Dory. It doesn't open. Hello, Mama Tita. So- Hello, Evan Ross Katz. Thank you for coming to Come Through Queen again. I could not be more happy to be here. So Dan is on vacation in Maine, not to dox him, and <laughs> Evan has taken his seat. Not permanently. Not permanently. Could never replace Dan. Unless, just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, Evan, when does the next season of Shut Up, Evan come out? It'll be coming in October. Okay, we'll be back with a very, very big guest to to kick things off. I bet you're always talking to the big guys. I try. I try. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on the Patreon pre-show, we went at length about White Lotus and Big Brother. So if you're not following us on Patreon already, go listen to our chat there. But let us get into the news first. There's so, so much. There's so much. So on Friday afternoon, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City trailer was released. Dan and I hate when stuff comes out on Friday because that's when we release our episode. So we can't talk about it. Then we have to wait a whole week. But thank God you're here to talk about it. So there is a new housewife named Jenny Wynn and a lot going on in the trailer. What were your thoughts? Where to begin? It's so exciting. It reminds me of the addition this season um, of the new girls on Potomac in the sense Mm -hmm. that like I'm perfectly happy with what we had 
but obviously I love filling in more is always better, right? Exactly. We love Rony season seven. Hello. Exactly. So just the idea of adding more to the mix of Salt Lake City, I'm immediately intrigued. And mm-hmm. I guess I just, the thing I would say, the, the number one thing I would take away from it is Lisa Barlow and the idea that she is going to, she is seeking out one of Mary's ex parishioners and kind of like trying to get information about Mary. I did not know we would be getting that plot. I didn't expect that at all because it felt like they were kind of close at the end of last season or at least yeah. like close-ish, right? Right. Um, the other the other uh, great moment in the trailer, I think, is uh, Meredith disengaging while engaging. <sighs> yeah. Yes. Not Honestly, an easy thing to do. It, it was pitch perfect. Close the door, but say something great when you close that door. Yes, you know? and then the the sound effect that they added of the the uh, prison door, uh, prison <clears throat> whatever it's called closing. I mean, Emmy to the sound editors. Yeah, I mean, Mary in that hat in that confessional. Wow, the houndstooth hat that I think is very similar to an early episode of Gaga appearing on the View, where she wore all <laughs> yeah. houndstooth and she had a little hat on. Mm-hmm. That looked very much like that. There's a great selfie of her and Joy Behar from that very look. Yeah, that was when it was re- revealed that they share the same OBGYN. Yes, important. Yes. Yeah, yeah very fact. important. Yeah, I would say also, I mean, another takeaway, obviously this is going to be Jen's season, and it seems like the co-star of the season is going to be Meredith Marks. It seems like yes. Meredith has woken up, and, and it seems like the internet really likes Meredith, so yeah. I think this is going to be a great time for Meredith. My big question, is Whitney on the show? Like, I know she's in the cast list, but Mm -hmm. like Whitney was very much the forgotten star when it came to this trailer. We got a little bit of like Whitney on all fours, um, getting spanked by her husband, which seems to be maybe her plot. With like like mud involved, right? Chocolate, mud, I I don't know. Something. They're always up to something. So, but that was the one character. And then also I was surprised Heather, um, who really much was very much one of our, you know, the big, uh, I would say sort of like the, you know how there's always like the the wife who you sort of telegraph like information right. from? Like Bethany was famously that character in the early seasons of Roni. That was Heather. And Heather seemed a little bit more muted in the trailer. But I think that could have been because there were just so many big moments that had to be hit that that's probably, I'm hoping that Heather is going to be the person sort of like leading us through the mess. Here's what I'm hoping with Heather. She had a really good first season and then, a not great reunion because she yeah. was too big for her britches. And I hope that she watched the reunion, realized that she doesn't need to like have such a big head and then just get back to work and give us what we love from her first season, which is not something that a lot of housewives are capable of doing. Right. But if they are, I believe that Heather can course correct in this way. I'm hopeful I also think it's interesting to contrast what we're going to get from Jen with what we're currently getting from Erica, only because I think the stakes are smaller in the case of Jen. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. the crime is, both crimes are egregious. I'm not trying to say one crime is better or worse. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I think that there's a chance that Jen will be able to be more forthright about what is going on just Mm -hmm. because we're not getting LA Times articles and they're not... I don't know. I mean, we actually, you know what? Not enough is known. This could be this could be blown wide open, but I just have a feeling that Jen is going to be more reliant on the show also because I think Jen needs that paycheck more than Erica does, although I think they uh, both 
they both need the paycheck. Yeah. I'm also glad we didn't see the arrest yet because I'm hoping that's like the big thing that they show us in like a mid-season trailer or like we just see it by itself because we know that cameras were up at least from sources who knows with bravo sources but at least from sources so we'll see i I think it's just it will be very interesting to compare and contrast like the women of the group's reaction compared to the beverly hills women's reactions Mm -hmm. given because the friendships seem to be i don't want to say deeper in beverly hills because i don't i never never thought any of them really had deep relationships but definitely longer uh compared to salt lake city so we will see i'm also excited to see meredith seems to be like want to be a bravo star i think she's She's like woke up yeah she we went to the brooklyn cyclone stadium last week to the real houses in new jersey were playing a game um like a charity game and meredith and brooks marks were walking around just among the people with they love Sean. baseball. They Come love on. baseball. I got an Instagram DM from Brooks Marks yesterday inviting me to have lunch next week. Um, so I will report back after. I will leave a voice memo. I have Better. no idea what prompted this, but I am very eager to meet him in person and see how much of the Brooks Marks of Salt Lake City is a TV character uh, versus the real person. I... I'm so fascinated too, especially after watching that Watch Happens Live special with the other kids. I think he wants to be in the mix too. He was up with Gia taking selfies at that game. So I think he's in it and he wants to be, he wants to be the Bravo star that he deserves to be. Listen, we've been waiting for a successor to Brad from Roni as like, you know, a big gay. I mean, I guess Atlanta gave us a lot of good gays. Atlanta gave us a lot. Yeah. But then they, but like we really, there are not for as LGBTQ plus as this audience is for Bravo, we don't get much depiction of our community. Um, Shout out to Bronwyn. Um, But so I think it's exciting when there's LGBTQ plus kids in the mix. I do want to say though, I think what's exciting about this season of Salt Lake City reminds me of the current season of Beverly Hills and the last season, season five of Potomac Mm -hmm. in that I feel like there's like two modes of like how housewives can go right now in its current phase, which is like, we have a big event that happens off screen that gets publicity that then is able to like fuel sort of like viewer expectations of the season. Mm-hmm. And then you have like what's currently going on with Roni where it's like you have a se- a season that's not anchored by any particular event. Right. Now you could argue that's currently what's happening on Potomac, but I think Potomac is has such a stronger cast holistically that they're kind of just entertaining to watch no matter what's going on. Yeah, so, and so they go into yeah. the archives, which we'll discuss. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, shall we move on and get to other news? We haven't had a, speaking of pauses, when we're talking about Dorinda, we haven't had a pause of a whole franchise in a while. So the Real Housewives of Dallas is not returning in 2022, Bravo reports. After season five of the Real Housewives of Dallas wrapped back in May of 2021 on Tuesday, oh sorry, in May 2021, on Tuesday it was confirmed that there are no plans to bring Rod back next year, and beyond that, nothing official has been decided. And as viewers have learned over the years, you can really never say about, wait, sorry, really bad at reading. And as viewers have learned over the years, you can really never say never about Housewives Returning. All members of the cast except Brandy reflected on some of their favorite Rod moments since the show debuted on Bravo back in 2016 to The Daily Dish, which is Bravo's 
um, little website thing. So how do you feel about this? I think it was time. It was necessary. I would say, I think we maybe didn't need season five. We could have, yeah. this could have happened sooner. I do think it's worth noting though. I <clears> do <throat> think it will be back. I think that what they're going to do, similar to like what happened with Miami, because Miami was never canceled. The right. only Housewives show that's ever been canceled is DC, like formally yes. canceled. Yes. And I feel like, they obviously need to do a massive overhaul to the show. And mm -hmm. I think one of the flaws with the current state that Dallas is in, which is a flaw across some other franchises, is the inauthenticity of the actual friendships. Right. So I think that they need time. And I think that there's like a countdown clock that happens with people. And so I think by announcing that it's frozen or whatever term that they're using, it buys them time to explore how to fix this and mm -hmm. try and finesse an ensemble that can rise to the level. They also have to deal with the fact that outside of Roni, all the other franchises are really like running on like high grade fuel right now. Yeah. So I think that unless Dallas, unless it has a cast that can really step it up, it's best to just put it on ice. Yeah. Agreed. I just feel like from the jump from season one, it never was cast that well i mean we had like one firecracker and like a bunch of other folks and then they kept around like ogs who didn't deserve to be kept around just for way too long and then we had a couple good characters like i want to see what deandra's doing in her life um but that's and tiffany moon but like that's about it yeah and i just it didn't it didn't they just didn't gel. It didn't feel like, the, especially in these last couple of seasons, the individual scenes with the ladies. Again, it's like you think about like your Dorinda's or your Karen right. Huger's, and there's just a lot of these women who, no matter what they're doing, were, were tuning in. Mm -hmm. And none of the women on Dallas had that quality of like, I just want to watch them. I didn't find them watchable in the way that so many, I, Kathy Hilton, there's just so many uh, stars currently and of the past. Alex McCord, who I'm just like, <laughs> put the cameras up, right? Like, and that's Alex just not McCord. the case with Dallas. Did you see the tweet that was a picture of Alex and Simon that said these were the two first people to live in Brooklyn? <laughs> Incredible. And not untrue. Not untrue. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I think that Dallas, similar to Miami in that relied too heavily on a mother of one of the cast members who was like quote unquote iconic to make it a thing. Mama Elsa and Mama D similarities there kind yeah. of. Yeah, for sure. But I, I just like, I don't think that there's anyone out. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I just don't think there are like Dallas stands out there that are going to be too devastated by this. I think anyone that watches Dallas it's part of their like menagerie of housewives shows. Whereas sure. I do know people that are like, like my boyfriend, for instance, only watches Potomac. Right. Like I do know that there are people that like have access to just one franchise. I don't think that they're like exclusive Dallas heads. Right. And Dallas ratings were always not great. Whereas Potomac ratings, they started at the same time kind of, and Potomac ratings were not great at the beginning, but then like jumped up in recent years in a huge way. So that's why Potomac is king. I mean, they say don't sleep on Potomac, you know? They say don't sleep on Potomac. Um, speaking of not sleeping, when these women get together, I think there's not going to be a lot of sleeping going on. So there is a rumored All-Stars 2 with Dorinda at the forefront of the cast. And then she'll be joined, allegedly, by Vicki Gunvalson, Taylor Armstrong, Brandi Glanville, Jill Zarin, and Phaedra Parks, and Eva Marcel. 
I'm fine with you forgetting the last name. I know. Um, <laughs> I was going to say we should play a round of care, don't care, but I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's care across the board with maybe a don't care on Eva, but correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I know. I was hoping you didn't catch me like my little pause before her name because I actually I like didn't write her down. I saw her on the street recently, like just the other day. What, does she look good? She looked great. And I like was going to say hi, but then I was like, no. I feel like she would be receptive to a hello. Yeah, but I don't like to do that unless it's like a really special person. Yeah, unless it's like, sometimes it's like I get overcome with the emotion that I have to say hello. Otherwise, yeah, yeah I'm with you. It's like, I don't yeah, need this, they don't need this. One time after a viewing of All Stars 2, I was on the I was on 6th Avenue trying to hail a cab and Judith Light was standing in Ugh. front of me. And I just had to say hello. Gay icon. Yeah, gay icon. Um, but okay, so care don't care all care all the cast don't care about Eva. Do you think it'll be set at Bluestone Manor as per yes. the rumors? Yeah, okay. I think it's gonna be a few, maybe like a week. I think of okay. them all at Bluestone. I think that like there's so many interesting things about this casting, particularly having it be exclusively ex-wives. Yeah. Um, but I'm really curious. I mean, there's my God, where to begin? But the tailor of it all is the is the casting piece that I'm most excited about, just because I feel like that's the person that Housewives checks in with the least of these women. And she disappeared. She moved yeah. to see and hangs out on like bar decks. Exactly. So I'm yeah. really curious to see her. I do want to point out though, I think that the omission of Potomac women after the omission in All Stars 1, and I know the argument is that perhaps they were filming during All Stars 1, but mm -hmm. I don't believe that they're filming right now. I just feel like it feels like, it's like once can be an oversight, twice um, um, I'm not so sure. And so I'm just like, get the Potomac women in the mix. Stop treating them like they're some other entity. They are the matriarchs right now. Get them in. Agreed. And I'll only counterpoint one thing. Potomac doesn't have that many ex-wives because we've got so many OGs. So the roster of ex-wives to choose from is kind of short. Right. So we've got Sharice, Katie Rost, and Monique. Right. And it's like Monique is an enemy of Bravo right now. I and do then, feel like Katie could give us like some Brandy energy. Like I feel like a Katie Brandy pairing together could be wild. I, I agree, but I feel like our last go round with Katie actually on the show didn't go well. Agreed. So then we've got Sharice and I just like, yeah. 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 But I mean, I just, I'm super excited to see this outside of it just being an all-stars. I think it has like the added value of just being a check-in with mm -hmm. so many of the women. I also feel like it like lowers the stakes as far as, you know, we've seen Jill pop up over the years on Roni and it never quite is the same Jill, the Jill that we right. love. The, I mean, like we got the, I miss the gossip, but other than that, it's just kind of been like, Jill's at an event. I like the idea of like them all coming together and not having to be like the one person added into the pre-existing thing, like kind of feeling like they're like singing for their supper. Agreed. I like the idea of like, we're all in here together. We're at an iconic location. And I think it helps that, I don't know if this is part of the design of it, but that Dorinda is kind of like the anchor character, mm -hmm. being that it's her home. I think that will be very helpful. Yeah, and Dorinda's the, one of them that is most in the Bravo mix right now. I mean, she was just on Watch What Happens Live. Like, she talks about Andy constantly. Andy talks about her constantly. So that'll be interesting. I think the most interesting thing, though, speaking of Jill, the last we saw Dorinda and Jill, they were not friends or friendly. And I think it was Dorinda 
not letting Jill come up to the Berkshires, which was like their last conflict. I wonder if in Dorinda and Ramona's friendship fracturing, that created an opening for Jill because it was like, oh, we can come together on our shared hatred of Ramona. Yeah, yeah. I just like can't wait to be back in Bluestone Manor. I just finished listening to Dorinda's book last night. Oh my God. Make it nice. It's read by her and her voice is actually like really soothing. Um, I It actually lulled me to sleep. Do you feel like we have a New York Times bestseller in our midst? I mean, I used my Audible credit on it, so we better. I listen. I mean, if there's something, if there's something I'm going to take to the beach in these, you know, waning months or waning weeks of summer, let it be Dorinda's Make It Nice. It's a yeah. great cover. It's a really good cover. It's a really good cover. I, I, we maybe didn't learn a whole ton new, but it's a really good cover. But I think my sense would be if we're not learning a whole ton new, that's because the NDA is still in effect, and if the mm-hmm. NDA is still in effect, that means there's a future for her on the show. I'm just putting like pieces together in my head, but I'm like less can be more when it comes to if they do the tell all, you know, it's fully done. Right. Yeah, of course. So, yeah. But I mean, I'm frankly just surprised that Bravo still stays in bed with Brandy Glanville. Um, She was just on Bravo's chat room the other night with Giselle and Portia and like Brandy's energy is just, it stays really chaotic. You mm-hmm. kind of think, okay, well maybe over time, like Brandy will like simmered a bit. She hasn't. Um, she was like cutting them off a lot. And it was just like, I felt so bad for Giselle and Portia who do yeah. such a good job of like keeping the train on the tracks. So I'm just like, I mean, a lot of the castings make total sense to me, except for Brandy just because, but I guess maybe they want a wild card. Yeah. Speaking of that, I watched that episode and I had to turn it off, but I watched the episode the night before with Ebony and I really enjoyed the night before. I think the rejuge of Bravo's chat room is actually has potential to work if they keep this model of having like a guest host kind of like watch Robbins live all the time. I'm all for it. I just want Portia and Giselle in the same room together. Exactly. And it's just like yes. you want that like view style, like being able to like look at each other because they're just everyone's staring at the camera. Now that we're, I understand circumstances are such that they cannot be. I'm not saying I want them to break any kind of like COVID protocols, but I just yeah. think when we get to a place where they can safely be together, I think that will be rewarding just because they really like, I, I feel like they're an example like of their chemistry growing over time. Yeah, I agree with that. And speaking of the view, thank God you brought it up because I need to ask. So I have a couple questions. Do you think we will be in studio when the show returns? No. Oh, man. And then, though, did you know, did you see the episode where Joy went back to the studio? I did. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, got my heart racing. Joy was randomly back in the studio for one episode only. She looked like an angel. I have a feeling that she was just like, I have stuff in my dressing room that I, I haven't know. grabbed. I know. And while I'm here, might as well. And then second, obviously, I'm going to ask, who do you think, or what type of person do you think they'll bring in to replace Megan? So I definitely think Elizabeth Hasselbeck was approached. Um, for yeah. people that didn't see, she posted this like very bizarre rant on Instagram the other day in which she referenced The View and Survivor. And if you're a follower of Lizzie's, you will know that she like does not acknowledge Survivor, mm-hmm. but has slowly over the past couple of years started to like have it become part of her personality once again. So, and anyway, in this post, she mentioned the fact of like, what would I do if I was asked back to The View? And then was like, I'm not relocating from Nashville, so it's not going to happen. Right. I don't think that she would have like gone on this rant had there not been an ask made to her. And it makes sense that they would want to go 
after someone that's been on the show, is mm -hmm. a lightning rod of controversy, is a staunch Republican, and who famously feuds with Joy Behar. That's like every ingredient that The View loves. I don't know. I have to be honest with you. I'm very worried. Yeah. Um, I just think we have some rough waters ahead. I will stay with it. Um, but I don't even have like a good educated guess because part of me, I mean, obviously I know you and I share our desire to see Laverne on the show, Laverne mm -hmm. Cox. I would like to see rather than them go for like a big Republican personality because the show is so centrist by nature besides Sonny, I would be curious for them to go ultra liberal. Yeah. I think that would be really fun. And to have people like Anna and Sarah Haynes kind of occupy the more center right space, you know, mm -hmm. have Anna actually be the Republican she purports to be, um, yeah. which mind you, I'm glad that she's not quite often. Um, I guess, yeah, so I don't know. Do you have any guesses? No, the only other name that I heard actually reported. And this person confirmed that they were approached was Debbie Matinopoulos, but it's like, wh what are we, what are we doing here? I mean, it's like fun for one episode for nostalgia's sake, but like. It feels like if the OC were to bring back Joe De La Rosa oh yeah, and just be like, let's just do this. And it's just like, I get the, I get the headline that you're going to generate with that announcement. I don't mm -hmm. understand the outcome. Yeah. I mean, I've been vouching for Laverne since she appeared as a guest coast in 2014. And she was at the table when Whoopi and Rosie got into their huge fight and Nicole Wallace was there and it was the same episode that Gaga and Tony appeared in the famous get on your feet. It's the holidays happens. It's a moment in history that everyone should say, know about. It's important. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, you're right. And actually there's like some cuts of Laverne's face throughout mm -hmm. that interview that are very like housewives reaction shot. But I also just think it would be, you know, uh, Laverne's one of those people that I don't think is often given the space to talk about like pop culture a ton. Right. And I just feel like Laverne is someone that would be really agile on a show like The View in terms of could sort of volley any topic that came her way. I think that's one Agreed. of like Laverne's great skill sets. And I also value the opportunity for obviously more trans representation on daytime television, period. But also just uh, Laverne's such a great ambassador as far as showing that like the trans experience is not all about talking about being trans, right? It's like right. that trans people have so many gifts and things to offer. And I think Laverne is like such a pop culture fiend. She's a fashion girl. Like there's so much that I think Laverne could bring to the show that it needs. So that's my vote. But I think we're probably going to end up with a Republican. Sad. Sad. Okay. Well, let us move on, shall we, to Potomac? Are you ready to talk about Potomac? Oh, yeah. Okay. Give me your, first of all, overall thoughts on this season. Then we'll get into this episode. My overall thoughts, I'm feeling pretty great about it. I'm really energized. I think we we had a bit of a lull several weeks ago um, mm -hmm. before the trip began, but I feel like the trip really re-energized us. But I did just want to say, because you and Dan have been getting at this for the last two episodes, and I fully agree, I think you specifically have said this, I'm worried about this Giselle-Karen thing, because mm -hmm. it's veering into like Lou Dorinda territory, which is that like, it's been frenemy for so long, but it's feeling enemy. Yes. And it's like, it needs to really calibrate. And it's like, you just want a coup d'etat or something, but it's like, I do need them at some point on this trip to like step aside and agree to like let bygones be bygones. And it seems like neither is budging. And it's hard as a viewer when it's like, we love you both. We just want our mothers to get along. Yeah, I, I like need a moment where they're hugging each other crying on a couch yes exactly exactly you know uh what do you feel about our new characters 
Okay, Mia. Mia. Yes. Um <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know. I really enjoy Mia. I'm willing to give her like more time. Mm-hmm. I think her plot lines have been a little contrived so far. I mean like the Mia at work um scene in particular was very like waiting for Guffman in terms of like let's put on a show. Oh, I love um, that. But I Definitely, like, I, I agree that we we needed to bring in a Karen friend. I think that was very mm-hmm. helpful. Um, so willing to give her some more time. Um, and then who is Robin's friend? Pardon me for forgetting her Ascala. name. Ascala. Ascala. Okay. So I feel like Ascala woke up yes. this past episode and really, like, showed why she needs to be there. And I especially liked seeing the Ascala-Karen moments because mm-hmm. too often I feel like when, and this is sort of the case with Mia, where it's like someone brings on a friend and it's kind of like, your loyalty is with me. Right. And what I really liked is Ascala was like vibing with Karen in the other house and was like, I really like Karen. And so mm-hmm. I like the idea of Ascala actually being neutral because I think one thing with the Potomac ladies is it's like, it's so much about pick a side. Mm-hmm. And like right now we're watching with Wendy where it's like, Wendy is going to go to Karen's side of the argument, right? Yeah. She's anti Giselle now. And so I definitely think we need more of that Ashley middle ground energy. And so yes, a plus to Escala. And I'm just, I'm excited to see where the season goes. Like they just, these women, it feels good when Potomac is on the television. It really does. And just like with Escala, I loved even, Karen was hesitant about Escala at first. And then the moment when they're walking out of the house to go to the uh, cottage and Escala picks up the umbrella and is like, Karen, I'll be your boyfriend for the weekend. And Karen's like not having it. And Escala walks it back. It was like such a fun moment. And then when they were in the house and Karen needed help getting her bags up, but Wendy couldn't help. And Karen had forgotten what Escala's name was. And it was just so like, su- she called her Tesla at some point. Oh my God. Which like, come on. But it's it's just like, the dynamics of these women are good. And I think Ascala really is in like, she's only been like two, three episodes. She's bringing something that I like to see. But like you guys mentioned on the last episode, it's like, we need a talking head soon. Yeah. We need a little bit more of like, we need to touch down a little bit and on her life a little bit more. And I'm hoping that we're going to learn more about her as the season progresses. The other thing is I'm just a little bit worried about where the Wendy Giselle plot is going Mm -hmm. because it just seems like it's going into dark territory really quickly. And it's a challenging um, storyline in that I'm inherently team Wendy because I'm team a woman has the right to do whatever she wants to her body and should not be judged by anybody. Um, But I also feel like the, and also Giselle bringing up these rumors, knowing well and good that they're not true is a weird thing that happens Mm -hmm. on Housewives sometimes. But at the same time, like Mia's, the way that they're coming at each other, it's like, I feel like Mia's going to drag Jamal into the conversation. And I feel like no one's going to come away from this looking good. So I just like, I don't know. I I want, I want to figure out. It's like, as you mentioned, like with the Giselle Karen having that moment, it's like, I want peace with these women because I know that deep down they all love each other. And so I don't know if we're going to need maybe like what happened in Salt Lake city where they had like uh, that fantastic redheaded oh, yeah. woman come in. Let's bring someone in. Yeah. It's like, let's bring someone <laughs> in and heal. Yeah. No, I agree with that, but it's, it's also, this show's about conflict. I just think yeah. I, I love, I love, <laughs> um, I love Giselle. I love Giselle so much that everyone knows, but I do think she was going a little too hard at everyone at that second dinner where everyone ordered the espresso martinis and she got a dirty martini. 
Can we talk about that? Yeah. Espresso martinis before dinner. So the only context I will ever order and enjoy an espresso martini is at a wedding where it's been like hours and you need a pick. It's a pick me up. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. I don't need it with like, I'm, I'm eating, if I'm eating salmon, most of them ordered like fish of some sort. I'm yeah. not wanting an espresso martini. No. And the fact that it was five or was it six of the seven women? Or, there were so many of them. Yeah. I think Giselle was the one that had a regular martini. Yeah. And I was like, yes, team Giselle. But yeah, I just was, I mean, I'm always so fascinated by, you know, obviously drink orders and food orders are a huge part of housewives culture. Yeah. And I just was like, that, that threw me for a loop. They yeah. ate a lot during that dinner. I loved it. I love, I love when the women eat. And it's me like. Too. Back in, I remember watching the hundredth episode of OC, and Tamara was like bragging about how like they don't let each other eat on screen because they know they'll look bad. And it's like, no, it's like nice to see people eat on screen. It's in, great in Beverly Hills when we're in a pretty serious moment talking about Erica Jane and Garcelle just like eating the hors d'oeuvres. Love it. Love. Yeah, I think it's important and it humanizes these women, especially when you're in the middle of having these conversations that are just so often in outer space. It's nice yeah. to have something that like tethers us to to Earth. But yeah, I just I guess like, you know, because they obviously have that meeting before the season begins. It's like, what are we going to do this season? And I'm just I love Giselle, too. I'm team Giselle. I'm with you, Brendan. But I am just disappointed that she would like sink to the level of bringing up these rumors, especially knowing they're not true. I know it just is so it's dirty and it's not cute. And especially it's like Wendy's a mother to young kids that are on the show that are going to grow up soon and mm-hmm. rumors fly. We know what happened with the, with Teresa's girls. And I just think it's, it's a dirty, dirty move. Yeah. I mean, Giselle's doing it in a different way, which I kind of appreciate. She's saying, And I'm not making any excuses for her. So just know that. But she is saying there are these rumors out there and I don't believe them. As opposed to like when Teresa's talking about Jackie in New Jersey, Teresa's like, well, maybe they're true. Maybe they're true. Maybe they're true. So I kind of appreciate that line. But putting out the rumors in any way on this television show that you are on this on with this person is a dirty move. Right. Um, Would you rather stay in the main house or in the cottage. I have to be honest with you. I, well, okay, here's my question. How far away is the cottage? Cause they're getting in a car to go from the cottage to the house. Right. It's not like a golf cart situation. Cause ordinarily I'd be like, I don't care because at the end of the day, how often are you really in your room on a trip like this? Like right. I figured we'd be hanging out most of the time in the main house. But I mean, I mean, people wise too. Oh, 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 um, cottage. Cottage. I'm going cottage. Although, again, it's, this is why I need Ashley there so bad. I want a 4-4 four, because four, right yeah. now we have a 4-3 and it's like my decision is easier to weigh. But mostly I'm just disappointed that Robin and Giselle weren't broken up just because I would have loved if it was like Robin, Karen, and Escala. Because mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just, I, I, too often, that's why I was glad to see them not sitting together during the dinner. But it's like too often the Green Eyed Bandits are like able to sort of like work in harmony and it's like i think that they it's better for the other women if they are separated yeah. because it kind of creates a little bit more it's they're less of a of a threat when they're yeah. when they're not together it's more interesting dynamic for sure uh speaking of that the green eyed bandits giselle going after robin when Surprise. robin's talking about like what to me and escala sounded like having depression and like giselle is like get out of your bed for your man and your children. 
yada, yada, yada. I thought that was so rude. And Robin has since said that she is pursuing possible treatment for adult ADHD. She like wrote that on Instagram last night or something like that. So glad she's going to see somebody. Yeah. And I, and I honestly, it's nice when this show as they've done in several instances, for instance, with Rina's daughter, um, you know, we've covered eating disorders before. And I just think it's nice when the show has this, has uses the opportunity of the platform of the show to actually talk about real issues. And, you know, this, what Robin's going through is, is I, w- I don't want to say it's universal, but it's something that I think a lot of viewers can watch and relate to, if not in regular circumstances, especially, especially during COVID. Right yeah. So I think it was really brave of Robin to, not only admit that to her friends, but do it knowing that the cameras were up. And I have no doubt that a lot of people watching kind of maybe are like thinking, Hey, I felt similarly. And I didn't put a, I didn't put a a name to what I was feeling. So Mm -hmm. I don't think enough credit was given to Robin with like coming to this dinner and like opening up in a way that none of the other women had to do. No, for sure. And especially like, like you said, during like COVID time or whatever, I'm sure there's so many people who this is life. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, I feel like, it's like, it's almost like you want to reach to the screen and be like, Robin, you are not alone, girl. It's like, I feel like the other women are in the minority here as far as being like, yeah, like, we're getting dressed up for our men, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I think the majority of people are like in bed like Robin. It's it's tough. Like, it's hard out here, especially when you're a parent, a parent to two young boys who are in the house 24-7. She has to be their caretaker. She's having to help them get through school. She has to deal with one. Mm -hmm. She has her business. I mean, like, like, give it up for Robin. Give it up for Robin. Please clap. (laughs) Uh, Before we move on to uh, New York, uh, let us talk. What do do you think about Ashley and Michael right now? I need more Ashley on screen. Yeah. We got the scene of her doing family photos in her apartment. Yeah. She looked beautiful. She looked beautiful, but it's like... Yeah, I don't, I guess the part of it that's always confusing for me right now is it's like, and then Michael was like a bartender and Watch What Happens Live. And it's like, if you've been repeatedly dragged through the mud, because it's like, people need to remember, it's like, there's not an indiscretion when it comes to Michael. There is a list of indiscretions. It's every indiscretion. Like every single season there's something. Right. And so it's just like, what are you doing still willfully being on this show? Like it just doesn't make sense. I mean- Everyone wants Ashley to leave him, including me. But it's like, is she happy? I think. I more than anything, I want them to leave that fucking apartment. With two children in that apartment, there's so much glass and sharp things. Oh my god! And I'm thinking about they have to have at least, if not two strollers, one mega stroller. And I'm thinking about elevators in buildings like that, and all the other occupants. And I'm just like, it just seems like a real headache. Yeah, they've been in that apartment since we've right. met them. Like just getting out of the, the the maneuver they must have to do just to get out the door, down to the elevator, through the elevator, mm-hmm. through the lobby. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just rent a house for even even just for the for the show. But Please. it's just like surprising to me, especially considering wasn't that Michael's didn't Michael live there alone before Ashley was in the picture? So it's like was in 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 thought pro- like probably purchased as a one person home, right? And now it's grown to like a family unit, and he's supposedly this like you know film producer. Um, I just don't get it. Yeah, and it's just like, just like you want separate areas for your kids' stuff that's different than your living area. I don't have kids, so maybe you don't. But it's just like I don't know. 
no, I, I, yeah, it, it's strange. And just, I don't know, after all these years, it's just like seeing that exterior before we go inside the apartment every time. I'm just like, she's still here. Damn. I know. I know. I think that's what my mom felt about me before I moved out of my apartment. <laughs> Seriously. She talks about my old apartment. Like it's like I was stuck there. <laughs> You're like, I've gotten out. I'm just yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let's move on to New York. I think Dan and I tried to be optimistic. And I really have to say, I appreciate from week to week, as as among those people that have been so negative about it, I've appreciated you and Dan really keeping the spirit alive. I can't see... New York has always been... Was my original, as far as like what I really, really latched on to. I think my first house was actually New Jersey, but what I really, really latched on to was New York. It's been like a consistent thing in my life. And it's like hard to see them go through something like this. And can I compare it to something? Please. I thought when we were going through New York season four, which is iconic when you look back on it, I thought we were going through a really hard time back then. The reunion of that season, I was like, it can, it can't be worse. We're in the darkest pit of despair, but to see this, Oh, and especially this most recent episode that I'm sorry you have to be here for because it's the most awful episode. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I, I'm with you in that New York was my first show. It's definitely my favorite of of the bunch. Um, but I think that I think we've been in a dark place with New York since since season eleven. So Bethany's yeah. last season um, was when I think things started to sort of like take a turn for like the dark sided, but like there's a good kind of dark sided and this is the bad kind of dark sided. Yeah. So I don't think that, I think like we're, we're in a really bad place, but I don't think we're like coming off of like the glory days. I think the glory days are like very much in hindsight. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think more than anything, as you both have articulated on the show time and time again, we need more women in the room. Yeah. And I think more than anything to hear that uh, Leah was tapping out this week because of COVID to know that we were down from five to four for the dinner and Prashant not being invited. It's like the fact that even with our friend of we're at six ladies, something's not clicking. Like it's just not working. And Prashant's not even like a real friend of like, right. she's not been in an episode. She was not in this episode and she wasn't in last week's episode. Was she? Um, I don't remember if she was in last week's. They I don't all think so. played together at this point. The other thing that I didn't think for a few years New York needed as much, but I think it needs, we need to get back to like people with families. Completely. That I like, think is the biggest and most noticeable thing, especially in looking at Beverly Hills, which just feels so rounded out. I mean, it's like, I need my Jaggers in New York. You know what I mean? It's like just even having commotion going on in the house, even if it's just like Maurizio coming downstairs to give Kyle a kiss before he goes back upstairs, Mm -hmm. that energy is like deeply, deeply missed. Um, Shout out to Mario, even though he's a Republican. Um, But like that, that, that to me is like one issue, but I think also just like we we don't really have a lot of plot this season. And I think people have pointed this out, but it's like, with Sonia, we're doing the Sonia drinks too much plot for the hundredth time. Right. Lou, we made a mistake as viewers gassing her up about the cabaret thing because it's like, it was fun for a season mm-hmm. and it's like, now it's her identity and yeah. that's on us. That's our fault. Um, 
And then you have Ramona. I do just want to point out one thing, though, because everyone is like really up in arms about Ramona's behavior in this last episode. For anyone that has been watching this show from the very beginning, this has always been Ramona. Like that montage that they showed in the episode was nothing compared yeah. to some of the things she's done over the years, particularly when they've been on trips, the way she treats staff, yep. which they showed a couple clips of, but you could do more. So I am outraged. I am very outraged, as many are with Ramona's things she said and did this episode, this whole season. But that's kind of, that's, that's always been the case. I'm not saying she is who she is. Let it be. No, but I'm just saying I, it's hard for me to act so shocked by this just because this is the Ramona that I've always observed on the show. So I guess yeah. I'm surprised by people having such a response to it that's not so much outrage as it is outrage mixed with shock. Yeah, that is interesting because this has been her. I mean, even... I mentioned season four when they went to Morocco. Oh she got God. she got a scene deleted where she showed up wearing a burqa and it was in the trailer for that season, but she talked to Bravo and got it deleted. I think the trailer's still on YouTube. Last time I checked, you can go look at it yourself, but she's always been like this. And speaking of that Morocco trip, do you remember the drive from the airport with yeah. Alex and Sonia when yeah. they're looking around at Morocco and making all of those despicable comments? I mean, it's like, this is a woman who... I mean, love her, hate her, probably hate her, probably should hate her, uh, comes on the show and just lets that mouth, those lips just flap and flap and flap. Yeah, exactly. Like, no self-awareness. Speaking of Sonia, I will say, the, reintrodu the reintroduction of like her having these interns around is dark, but also like one of the like, lightest parts of these episodes these time like oh thank god we're in the kitchen with like whitney and elizabeth or whatever it's like fine to be pickles. here i miss pickles where are you at girl uh but it's 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 not great they need I, a, go ahead no i was just gonna say like my i i really have issues with sonia um mm -hmm. this season particularly because at the dinner she is trying to play the role so much of like I'm not the Ramona, so what I'm going to do in this situation is call out Ramona. And it's like, you have a lot in common with Ramona. Mm -hmm. None of these women out from a cast outside of Ebony at that dinner have any right to sort of like cast stones at one another. So I just thought this like posturing from Sonia as being like, you need to do this and that thing. It's like, hold up the mirror, girl. So I just right. didn't like, and even Lou in her confessionals, kind of doing the whole, like, I'm just so, I can't believe that Ramona would say this. It's like, Lou, let's roll the tape of the things you've said in the past. It's like, right. you all are versions of each other. That's why you've gotten along all of these years. So I just thought that, like, Sonia sort of exonerating herself from her white privilege in those moments was equally, like, cringe. And then taking up all the space by, like, continuing to talk and talk and talk and talk and oh, talk God. about herself during that point. It's all the stuff we've heard. She's raised so much money for charity, the LGBT, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. John, John. John, John. Oh, John, John. <laughs> um, and your point on Lou is correct, too. I mean, like, Megyn Kelly got fired from the Today Show for defending Lou doing blackface at Halloween. Right. And Lou somehow remained unscathed. Same right. company. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I just, um, my, what I'm curious about, first of all, 
reunion. Are we getting one? What's the deal? Right. But I'm also just curious about sort of like, where do we go from here? But to your point about bringing up season four, I think we all had similar feelings after the reunion in season four and we went to a great place. You know, we found mm-hmm. love in a hopeless place with Aviva and Heather and Carol um, and then Kristen. So I definitely think there's a future, but it's uh, the, the re that has to happen is quite interesting, right? Because I would argue that like our weakest players right now are our three OGs. Yeah. And so that's a kind of new territory to be in because, you know, you take these other shows which have faced similar sort of like shakeups, but you always sort of keep that core cast in place. Mm. But our core cast is the problem. Yeah. I think what will happen maybe is that they keep Sonya and Lou because they're the less egregious in the eyes of most viewers, you know? Um, though you've pointed out that they're all the same person. And try to rebuild around them. Those, though, there's rumors that Roni's canceled or going to be canceled. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I mean, I refuse to believe that. I just think it's like you know what Ebony brought this up in her interview, her fantastic interview with Kate Arthur and Variety, which I encourage anyone that hasn't read it. If you have uttered one negative thing about Ebony K. Williams on Twitter or even in your head, read this interview to gain a perspective about her that is not told on the show. Anyway, mm-hmm. in the interview, uh, she mentions the fact that there are so many other New Yorkers out there that are begging to be on this show. Right. Um, and I agree that it's like there's this city of all cities. There are so many women out there that are hankering to be on it that I know we would love. Like, I know that it's there. I know that there are probably celebrity women that live in New York. It's just like there's got to be a way to retool this show. There's just got to be. Yeah, for sure. And it like... Come, come to Brooklyn. Dip, dip your toes in here, or Queens. Like, please, let's venture out. Especially like speaking of celebrities, all the celebrities live here now. Yeah, let's get Michelle Williams on. Just kidding, she would never. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh my God, Busy Phillips lives in the city now. That'd be great. Yeah. Like I just it's, so it's like bring in the new people and make sure they have families. They don't yeah. need to have husbands. They can have wives. They can have ex husbands. What have you? But. Yeah. And then also I think too, it's like, you know, now that we're putting more POC on all these casts, let's, let's go bigger and like, let's start to get trans housewives on the show. And and let's just continue to, as we have these conversations about diversifying housewives that are so important, let's think of all of the, all of the ways we can diversify the show outside of just race, even when it comes to socioeconomics, for instance, it's like, there's so many opportunities to broaden the scope of the show. And Going back to a discussion we had about Big Brother on the Patreon, which everyone should tune into. Oh my God, thanks for the plug. Um, part of the reason that this season of Big Brother is so fantastic is because it has this 50% POC cast. And so you see that these shows get more entertaining. Viewership goes up when you have more diversity. Right. So let's really start to examine what diversity means in a holistic way and not just when it comes, obviously race isn't a huge component of that, but there are many aspects that the show continues to fall short on and continues to kind of exonerate itself from. Yeah, Exactly. Um, anything else on New York before we move on? I will say there was comedy in the dog stealing the meats from the cheese tray while yeah. Ebony and Sony were talking. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. thought they were going to the same clip, but no, the dog took all of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my only last thing to say was just, I guess it's like you, there was that morning after coffee or whatever thing with Lou and Ramona at mm-hmm. Ramona's apartment. And it's like, 
those scenes typically on a housewife show are so critical. They're sort of like, let's, let's, uh, let's re- assess the night before together. Rehash, yes. Yeah. But it's like someone like Lou is so incapable of doing that scene correctly because mm-hmm. you know, if it was Bethany, she would have reamed Ramona about her behavior. Right. And it's like, you just have sort of like Lou who just kind of acquiesces at the end of the day to Ramona because she's like, Ramona's just being Ramona. And so it just farther kind of shows you that it's like, there's no one in this show, on the show currently, that can go toe-to-toe with Brooklyn, Brooklyn, toe-to-toe Brooklyn. with Ramona. <laughs> and that's why I think Bethany v. Ramona was so validating as a viewer, because Ramona is, besides being unwell, Ramona's just not a smart person. Right. And Bethany, in addition to being really smart, is really articulate and knows how to bite. Mm-hmm. And one of Bethany at her best was when Bethany was going after, you know, extinguishing evil, which is Ramona. So right. just seeing her want to act out like this really does make me miss Bethany. Um, and so as we're talking about ways in which the show could be rejudged. Do you think there's a world? Cause yes. I do think there is a world where yes. she could come back to, if Bethany wants to be the person who comes back to quote unquote, save the show. I think like that is her greatest role to date. Agreed. I'm all in. It's like, I hate her until I love her. And then when I love her, I love her so much. Yeah. And I mean, like, if they bring her back, they'll probably bring Dorinda back because they've kind of been like bosom buddies recently. So we'll see. Make it happen. So let's go over to Beverly Hills, which is really. This episode is really good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, appointment television. Yes, for sure. And you know, sometimes they'll do the the scenes for next week and you're kind of like, okay, but like, are we getting all the big moments in, you know, the scenes? And is it, it just kind of, is it going to be able to simmer? Uh, or it's not simmer. Is it going to be, you know, is it really going to come to a boil rather? Right. You know, cooking. Um, and this episode was just like, I was holding my breath for so long just because it was like one shocking thing said, cut to a shocking reaction. Cut. It was just, it kept the momentum up in a way where it was like a long dinner scene. A long, yeah. tense dinner. My favorite part, though, was seeing the women having the uh, meeting at Sutton, or not Sutton's house, Sutton's meeting at Dorit's house, and who fell which way at that meeting, and then getting to Kyle's house later, and how things have like tinkered a little bit. Okay, but my one question with that is, my sense from that meeting was that Dorit was not as aligned with Sutton and Garcelle as the edit made it seem. Like, I still got the impression that Dorit was kind of like doing sort of like a more of a playing out all scenarios kind of conversation. Oh, so you think you think she was playing out all scenarios and they made it seem like she was totally on Sutton's side? I do, just because knowing Dorit, I don't think Dorit... I, I just don't feel like I it, it seemed very clear to me that Dorit was always going to align herself with Erica and not going to distance herself from Erica. So I just the sisterhood between Sutton and Dorit that seemed to be formed at that did not quite compute. Like it made sense to me Dorit's disposition at the dinner because that's I, I felt a little manipulated by the edit. But what about when Garcelle called out Dorit about that's not what you said? That's not what you said. That's interesting. I, I guess you're right. It's like, yeah, there's there's just something about it that I guess it was hard for me to understand. I feel like Dorit would have fallen more into the Kyle camp, which is that like, we believe you, but we're just playing out all scenarios in our heads. Yeah. Like it just, I didn't see Dorit as being the one to rise up, especially because we talk so much about Fox Force 5. It's like, why mm-hmm. is Dorit going to be the one voice that's out of lockstep with Kyle and uh, Rinna and, and then this resurgence of the ghost of Teddy? 
Yeah, with the ghost of Teddy, oh my God. It kind of seems like maybe she... Okay, so the way I see it is maybe she's trying to play all sides at some points and like not really knowing what she was getting into because her conversation with PK and boy George... Um, PK was basically like, what is this? Show? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like you shouldn't be like in line with Erica. If she's doing all these like bad things. And that seemed to line up with how Dorit acted in the meeting in her house. But then we get to Kyle's weird house and she's like not being forthcoming, but she's being called out by Garcelle. I don't know. The only people to root for right now seem to be Garcelle and sudden and crystal. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I will say Crystal has played a very muted role in Mm -hmm. the second half of this season, being that we got so Crystal heavy so early. I do want to shout out uh, the uh, Sutton's Monique Lillier look from the dinner, just because I thought part of what made, like, Sutton so iconic. Well, actually, her and Garcelle both looked iconic, but it's, like, part of what made this this height this dinner so heightened for me was the fact that like Garcelle and Sutton just both looked so good. Yeah. It's definitely interesting though, because like the internet right now, it's like I have the wavering on Sutton. It's like it's like crazy. We went from, yeah, it's like beginning of the season, it was like burner at the stake. Yeah. And now it is like everyone's a Sutton. It's like it seems very uniform. And I think it's helped by the fact that I've been thinking about it, okay? And, like, mm-hmm. Garcelle is next-level iconic. Yes. Like, Garcelle is one... It's, like, in all of the land right now, Garcelle is doing so much. I want to point out that scene with her with her um, grandkids. Yeah. It's, like, talk about a woman holding down a scene. And yeah. then we ended with the beat of, like, the granny moment and her... Like, it's, like... Garcelle is all, and then also, oh my God, earlier in the season when we got the scene of the acting scene where Garcelle was cooking while her son was doing the Zoom call Mm -hmm. and she kept banging the pots in head. It's like, whether she's acting, whether she's giving me like this layer, whether she's giving me like uh, confronting Kyle earlier in the season, it's like Garcelle hits every beat, is so glamorous. Mm -hmm. And I I just think like not enough credit is being given to Garcelle. Anyway, what I was going to say though is I think Sutton's association with Garcelle is helping the Sutton-assance that's happening. Oh, I agree. On Garcelle for a second, the scene, and a lot of people have talked about it online, but the scene where Dorit is talking about how, first of all, there's lots of people of color who work in her house, but then second of all, what called on that, uh, Dorit says, and my mom's best friend is black. And, so, uh, Garcelle just goes awesome and it's like take it's such good I can't even like replicate it obviously you have to find the clip it is such good such a good read without like actually like going in on uh, Dorit it's so good I right. get Dorit and, Dorit and Sutton's names live right next to each other in my brain that I always confuse their names for some reason I just love that in thinking about all the names right now it's just like we've got a Dorit we've got a Garcelle we've got a yeah. Sutton we've got a Crystal we have a woman named Kyle like there's just it, it's it's just top tier it's top tier okay so then we have the Erica of it all and first of all, my boyfriend came in the room yesterday as I was watching. He's never mm-hmm. seen the show before. And he was like, is that actually the sound of Erica's voice? And I was like, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> we forget as like longtime viewers of the show, just how odd. It's like, we talk about Dorit's voice a lot. Erica has just such an odd sounding voice. It's like 1940s, <laughs> like film noir. Yeah. So... First of all, credit to the editors for like really building up the entrance and sort of like building up the tension and having the meetup before and then the dinner. Yeah. Um, 
I guess my question is you, you have to think it's like Erica had to have some intention going into this dinner, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think the Fox Force 5 would have allowed her to be like blindsided by the intention of the dinner. Like the fact Agree. that like some questions were going to be raised tonight. We're hoping that you have some answers. I think the issue that many of us are having with Erica outside of her erratic behavior on social media right now, which is a whole other conversation, is just the... Obviously, I understand she has a guard up right now. There's a lot happening. There's a lot she probably can't say. Mm-hmm. But her disposition being so cold and unsympathetic towards... Because she did finally make the comment being like about the victims. It took her forever. It took her so long. It was pulling teeth. Pulling teeth. And it's just like... You can ex- not only can you express remorse, you can show a little remorse. I think like the yeah. big issue with Erica is like not only is there not telling, there's especially not showing. Like she yeah. just and she's always been cold. I mean, Dorit famously called her out for that several seasons mm-hmm. ago. Not incorrect. Um, but it's just it's it's really strange to watch, especially watching all of these women try and stand by her when it's like you're again this is not even taking into account the behavior on social media it's like she's just it's almost like she wants like she's not you would think she'd be trying to earn viewer sympathy right and like i don't know i don't know what she's thinking i also don't know what her number one soldier's thinking miss renna uh, I just, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. We don't have to go th- there, but it's just like, I don't get it. And so. Wait, are you saying open- we don't have to go there because I like sort of know her? Yeah. Or can we go there? <laughs> no, let's go there. Cause like, okay. I, no, I, only because it's like, people are hating Rena. I'm not, I just think like, I don't get what, I don't get where her head is here because to me it's, I'm where Sutton is where it's like regardless of like what's going on in my friendship with the person, I think my friend would understand if I stepped away for a little bit, like, especially publicly. as things kind of cash out, like, you know, yeah. just until more information is known, you guys brought this up several weeks ago. First of all, Rinna's appearance on watch what happens live was an acid trip. Like yeah. just watching it. I felt insane. I will say, and like, let me just say, we're not close. I just, I know her oh, yeah. but, like, not in like, a, I'm not afraid to like, you know whatever i would say like i sort of separate the lisa rinna of housewives from the lisa rinna of like the real lisa rinna like i definitely just feel like housewives rinna including that watch what happens live appearance is a character that she portrays Mm -hmm. um and lover hater and i know a lot of people hate her i i feel like there's it's definitely to me performance like it's just it's rooted in performance you see it a lot and She's even said this. I mean, in Lisa's mind, she's the one carrying the show right now, which is so comical. I think where Lisa, one of her critical mistakes right now is not aligning with Garcelle because viewers love Garcelle. Right. And her continuing to pick at Garcelle is not a great look on Lisa. And it's the kind of look that I don't think Lisa always does this though, where it's like, she aligns with Teddy. It's like, yeah. she, like Lisa picks the wrong side constantly and then kind of shit talks people like Sutton and Garcelle. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you're, you're on the wrong side, girl. She needs like an advisor, like a housewives advisor yeah, so. to read the room for her or something. Because I always think, and I still think to this day, she's a very entertaining person to watch. I like being in that weird, fun looking home with her and, Harry Hamlin. I like being on that cliff where they're practicing doing the hose 
uh, because of the wildfires and like the pool and all of that. I like every, I like Lois. I like everything that comes with Lisa Rinna. It's just like the choices she makes as far as like her alliances since our dear departed Eileen uh, Davidson left. It's like, it's like, I don't know what you're doing, Lisa. Miss her. Yeah. Miss her. Um, what else about this episode though? Do you like a sit down Turkey dinner? Huh? I, yeah, (laughs) I wasn't so sure about that. And especially it was, I wasn't expecting it to be buffet style. Yeah. Uh, that was sort of, and then having the buffet, like in a complete other room, that shot of Erica filling up her plate by herself in the room was so haunting. So depressing. Yeah. It just, Oh my God. I hope Kyle sent her home with some leftovers though. I assume she would. It's very yeah. Kyle to like have doggy bags. Like I assume Kyle's the kind of person that has a separate, like a, like the the main meal made and like a separate, like the while they're eating, the chef remakes oh, the meal right. and specifically packages it for doggy bags. I feel like right. that's like very Kyle. Other thing I think is interesting is just watching the few shots we got of Kathy Hilton's face because this is the aspect of Housewives that Kathy did not sign up for playing out. Exactly. So it's interesting watching her in the mix, but like not at all in the mix, but like, especially because I love that Kathy sits at the head of the table Yeah, because it means we get more shots of her. And so it's just interesting. We didn't get a ton of them, but like just watching Kathy kind of trying to figure out all that is going on. My theory is she believes she thinks the same as Sutton believes right now Mm. but she doesn't want to rock any boats and that little moment of i don't know her about erica from last episode i feel like she was trying to like save herself a little bit yeah it's funny though because it's like i again and this is like the joy of kathy hilton but it's like the i don't know her is like an example of like so much of what kathy does takes on a life of its own yeah on the internet after the fact and like I really do think that the I don't know her was like incredibly innocuous, but it's like we as like gay people caught on to it. And like, mm-hmm. and like, there's just so many moments of Kathy's that, you know, just yeah. ri- rise above. I but, guess I'm not like a rich, I guess I'm not like a rich person. So I have a different relationship to like going on vacations with people. And like, if I go on a vacation with person with a person, I'm like, Oh my God, we're best friends. We're going to live the rest of our lives together. Like we're going to like hang out all the time. I know you so well, we're deep in this. And this was like their second vacation. So I, right. I was thinking about it from my very poor person um, brain. Well, I also, it's like, I feel like, She's in the, Kathy is now in the mix. And it's like the second she's gotten into the mix, Erica's embroiled in all of this. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of like, even if she perhaps had that same instinct that you mentioned of like feeling like they've kind of turned a corner into a real friendship post vacation, it's like an easy time to kind of be like, oh, well, I mean, we only went on one vacation one time. It's kind of like, it's like, I feel like it could have gone either way and she chose to just sort of back off. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting because it's like, again, it's like, knowing that Kathy was like, I'm going to do this show. It'll give me something to do. I can hang out with my friend Kyle and my friend Crystal. And then having it cut to like scenes like this, it's just fascinating. Yeah. I also think probably like Tom Girardi was in a very different circle of rich people than Kathy Hilton was in right. LA. He's Pasadena. She's Beverly Hills. Totally. Yeah. He's Democrat. She's Republican. 
Totally. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. So for people that haven't read, there's a fabulous profile that my friend Max Berlinger just did in the New York Times of Kathy. And I called Max immediately after it dropped because I was at dinner with Max several weeks ago in LA when this Mm -hmm. story was being pitched to the times like it had not fully gotten through anyway so i called max and i was like is there any tea that didn't make it into the story and he said that they did have a conversation about her politics and particularly her friendship with donald trump and that the publicist pushed hard to not have that included in the piece because i was curious because the the, the story did a, a quick little backstory unlike mm-hmm. kathy hilton and we didn't get into that at all so it's interesting that her publicist or whatever powers that be, I don't know if it's a Bravo publicist, know enough to kind of be like, Kathy's kind of like, if if we get two in the onion, we might kind of learn some stuff right. we don't want to know. So Kathy is sort of best served at surface. Also, yeah, I'm just sorry, guessing she's Republican. Yeah, no, she's definitely Republican. Yeah. Also, did you know that um, Kyle and Kim were, they were her half sisters? Yes, I did. I did not know that. I, I, Kind of recently found that out. I went on a deep dive. Okay. I was in Long Island on my sleeping on the couch in my aunt and uncle's house. It was 3 a.m. And I was like doing a Reddit deep dive. And I was in this weird article about them and like rumors about Kim that I've alluded to on the show that I won't get get into. But there's blind items. Anyways, I got to an article that talked about their entire family. And Kathy has full siblings, too. Wow. But I think one might be dead. Any women? Alive women? No, I think the woman oh is God. dead. I could be wrong. I also am confu- I'm confusing because I also recently did a deep dive on Ramona Singer's family, and I brought her. I bought her late brother's book, which Stop. I'm going to read. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'll give her full report on that. So it's confusing because they both have like kind of interesting family backgrounds with like siblings that like don't always get along. But interesting. yeah, it's interesting that the three of them as uh, half siblings like are always put next to each other though. Right. It's like, I, I always believed, yeah, I thought that they were, uh, one of the old happy family. No. Actually, maybe not so happy at times. Um, we did get the fun little cameo from Kim's season one confessional, which was always great. Yeah. I'm just curious. Like it seems strange. Are we going to get the sisters Richards together? I don't know. It seems odd to not take advantage of that opportunity, even for a finale party. And you would think that how much Kyle of all people would want that. Yeah. Being that, you know, Kyle is very, she cares about people's perceptions of her and the idea of like being able to have the memory on camera on the show cut from season one, you saw my goddamn house to season 11. We're all one happy family. They did have that conversation, uh, Kyle and Kathy, earlier this season where Kim had changed her phone number and Kyle didn't know about it. And Kim's been like just isolating by herself mm-hmm. this entire time during COVID. And so I don't know if Kyle and Kim are in a good place. It doesn't seem like all of the sisters can all be in a good place at the same time. Right. Yeah. It's very, what a fascinating family. There's a sadness there. Always. Although, can I just say real quick, though, Kyle is having a great season. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually a Kyle hater, but I'm I'm liking her. And I'm liking that, like, she's using her confessionals to do the right thing and, like, call out Erica. And we'll see. I'm, I mean, I'm hopeful that we have enough juice in this lemon to get us through 
the rest of the season. I mean, even just looking at the scenes for next week, I think one of the great surprises of Beverly Hills this season, because like one small critique I will make to Potomac's last season was Mm -hmm. that we did have like this big event and then there was so much aftermath. Yeah. Some of which was incredible. I mean, the scene with Monique, the when the meeting with Monique and the, the rest of the women, riveting. But mm-hmm. I feel like this has been an interesting season and kind of new in the blueprint of everything in terms of like having so many kind of seismic moments happening. So many, it's like we, you know, the the lead up at Sutton's and then uh, you know, then the va- we've had multiple vacations already mm-hmm. um, and just you know Tahoe and La Quinta and etc. So I think this season has done a great job of maintaining momentum and and keeping the plot moving forward totally agree um so shall we move on to our freak of the week and the one true queen we must so i kind of texted you earlier and said who do you think should be the freak of the week and you gave me two answers and i'm giving it to you right now to name the actual freak of the week and it can change from the two that you sent me earlier if you have someone brand new no i'm gonna stick with it Ramona Singer is the freak of the week. And isn't this coming a week after? Wasn't she named the queen uh, a week ago? Was she? I No, I she like, wasn't. No, I feel like she was, if I remember correctly, but it was it was for some, there's a caveat to it. I could be totally oh, yeah. making this up, but she did it was, something. It was us being like, she's an awful person, but this was funny. Right, something. I can't remember yeah. what it was. Yeah. But anyway, we've, we've knocked her down once again. Yeah. I, I just think Ramona sucks. And I think that Ramona is not fun to watch on television. And I think the lack of, we've seen people do awful things on, on these shows time and time again. I mean, in many ways, that kind of like is the pillar of the show. Mm-hmm. But we've also seen a lot of those people own their mistakes mistakes and apologize and one thing about Ramona Singer is just at her core she is an evil human being Mm -hmm. she is selfish she does not care about educating herself about others lived experiences she does not listen to people and quite frankly I just feel so bad that Ebony has to be on this show and posture in any way that she likes Ramona for the sake of you know keeping things moving yes Um, and I just, it's just, it's no, I, I will admit there was a time when Ramona's bad behavior, and maybe this is problematic of me to say, there was a time that I found it entertaining. I saw the entertainment value in it. And I think that what's happening right now, and perhaps this is why the response is that maybe people have just reached a turning point where it's like, she needs to go send her to outer space on Elon Musk's whatever and sayonara. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think a lot of people found her entertaining for several seasons. It's just like, I think we've all kind of moved on. Yes. And left her behavior in the past. Speaking of that, um, not the past, never mind. Uh, we're going to go to the queen. And we already talked about this a little bit. but Sorry, uh, I spoiled it by accident. No, it's okay. Uh, we're going to give the queen to Kathy Hilton in the New York Times, which Evan already spoke on. But I just want to read the ending quote, um, which I thought was beautiful. Uh, Kathy said, fear is, to me, the worst emotion. I've lived in fear before. But as you get a little older, guess what? I don't care. Just enjoy life. Have a good time. And if it gets too dramatic, I'll make myself a sandwich or go upstairs and play on my iPad. My only edit, not her iPad, Rick's iPad. Oh, yes, Rick's iPad. (laughs) Um, It's like... It's like, I love how for the story, she was just like, I've got an iPad. Does Kathy yeah. own an iPad? Is it always Rick's? Who just knows? a fabulous profile, beautiful visuals the, to accompany the story. And it just, it was a nice, first of all, credit to Max. I think it's just such a 
wonderfully written piece. It really, really is. But I also mm-hmm. just like when Housewives are given the New York Times treatment. It's a different kind of story than and a different kind of framing than we often get for a housewife. And I think that it was just a really fun way to learn about Kathy as both a player on Housewives. Max did a great summary of all of the crazy things that Kathy has done and just, mm-hmm. you know, her half of a season so far. But also a reminder that it's like, uh, Paris Hilton and Kathy, excuse me, and, and uh, Nikki Hilton, you know, literally birthed by this woman. And, the, and you forget sometimes that it's like, not you, Brendan, but it's like, it's easy to forget that like when things like The Simple Life were happening, that Kathy was behind the scenes. And she not, was there. Not literally, but like, you know, I'm sure they went, Paris came to her and was like, should I do XYZ thing? And, and she even speaks about it in the show. But it's like, Kathy has witnessed so much history. Obviously she's friends with Michael Jackson and Mm -hmm. was around when Kim Kardashian was on the up and up. It's just like this woman has lived a life and it's fun that we're getting her on housewives, but because we're getting her as friend of, we're just experiencing her in the mix rather than getting like Kathy's life story. And I think that decision, whether it was her own or or whatever is Mm -hmm. so shrewd because it's like Kathy Hilton is, Best served exactly how we're getting her this season. Yes. Agreed on that. Thank you so much, Evan, for that and for everything. Where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Evan mm-hmm. Cats. You can check out my paper magazine column called Wear Me yes. Out every Monday. And you can look forward to my book, Into Every Generation, A Slayer is Born, which will be dropping in March 2022. Amazing. In season three of Shut Up Evan. Is oh, it right. season three? <laughs> yeah, season three. Yeah, yeah, season three in October. Yes. Oh, also, sorry. Can I make one of those? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I do have a new Survivor podcast that just oh, yes. launched. It launched last week. It's every other week. So it'll be coming out. When you hear this, it'll be coming out this following Tuesday. will be episode two. Interview with Ozzy, the iconic Ozzy, from four, a four-time Survivor player. My God. For anyone interested in Survivor but kind of mm-hmm. wants to have it talked about with a little bit of a feminist and LGBTQ plus bend please check out. It's called Drop Your Buffs. Amazing. And as always, you can find everything Come Through Queen, including our Patreon at comethroughqueen.com. And that's that. We'll see you next week, I guess. Bye. Bye. Come through, Queen. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.